Warning, we're going to be discussing events for currently running weekly anime. If you want to avoid spoilers for certain shows, there are timestamps in the description. Welcome back to the Time Sink Anime Podcast. Uh, we are talking about the wind down of uh, Spring 2019 leading up to the uh, uh, the, uh, the end of the season. Uh, yeah. I am Rex. And I'm Jay. How's it going, everybody? Good to be back. Yeah. It's been... It's been a while, hasn't it? Yes, uh, it's been a few weeks. There's and we were going to record it a little bit earlier in the week, but schedules got I mean, fuck off. I'm a busy adult. And I have things to do. <laughs> no, no, yeah, but, <laughs> but yeah, other things got in the way. But uh, yeah, this the season as we're nearing the end of it. Like uh, I'm more and more thinking that's just kind of a weak season. Or yeah, it's like a weak season. It. I wouldn't say weak. I definitely would agree with underwhelming though. There mm-hmm. isn't like because last it was Light. kind of. I guess. Yeah, light. Because last season, it was kind of hard to uh, top off. Like, winter 2019 was really good. And then you also had Price of Smiles, but that's neither yeah. here nor there. Yeah, winter 19 was uh-huh. so much good stuff. Had, like, like Kaguya, they started off with a bang. Yeah, Kaguya Boogie Pop. Uh, Promise Neverland, which was Promise my Neverland, favorite yeah. show. And that's when Shield Hero began, yeah. and we'll Mob. be getting yeah we'll be getting into Shield Hero as the uh, episode progresses here. But uh, yeah, last season was just so damn good. Yeah, and like as as we get further on uh, in this season, like I just said, there's just I, there's less and less stuff that I'm interested in, like seeing all the way to the end. Yeah, uh, I have a confession. Okay, <laughs> let, let's hear it. Uh, I. Fairy gone. Like yeah. I started off really liking Fairy gone, mm-hmm. and as it's gone on, I've just got to the point where I'm like, ah, what? "What happened?" I'm like, like feel like I'm falling asleep after three episodes. You know, <laughs> I know you're still watching it. Yeah, I'm still watching Fairy gone. I'm uh, probably one of the few people that is. Yeah. <laughs> and then One Punch Man is another one that I started off with this mindset of, I I don't want to compare it to the first season. Like I want it to stand on its own. Uh, but for me, it's just like I don't know if it's boring. So much of this is, well, the animation's not very impressive, um, even if you don't compare it to yeah. the first season. And, and also, it doesn't have a lot of that, like, comedic uh, flair. Like the... Yeah, yeah, that is something I will, that is also something that I kind of agree with. And it, this is coming from somebody who has continued to watch it and is too stubborn to just drop it, so. <laughs> I'm but... gonna read it, is is that, if, if, if I will give this season anything, is that it's made me want to read the manga. That, that's a very fair assessment. Like, uh, I, like, I'm personally enjoying this season overall, but mm-hmm. yeah, it is very light in comparison. Like, there are some very, like, because they started off with some really strong contenders for anime of the year, <laughs> Promise Neverland, anyway. So it's going to be very difficult to try and top it since we started off so strongly. And that's just my overall impression yeah. of this season as well. Uh, so we got a little bit of... Uh, of news we've been you know talking about the show and stuff and we're next season we're going to be going into back to our week weekly uh podcast release schedule yes but but there's uh, a caveat here yeah we're we're, we're probably only gonna be talking about like six shows yeah and we'll uh be ironing out like more of that format how we're going to be progressing with that like personally i don't know about you i'd personally only like to talk about maybe two shows that are carrying over from season to season like kind of limiting like what yeah, shows give, are giving new shows an opportunity yeah exactly that's mm-hmm. that's the main thing and then maybe one or two shows that actually are from previous seasons so far i can think of two that would be worthy contenders to actually carry over into uh summer 2019 
and that'd be uh, Fruits Basket and Demon Slayer because both of those shows are incredibly strong this season. So, uh, so but we'll we'll figure out more about how we're going to do this um, as the weeks go by and as we're winding down uh, spring 2019. So, with that out of the way. Uh, take us away with our first show. Uh, uh, so first off, we're talking about uh, Attack on Titan, which is uh, pretty much been like the the beast ma- the beast Titan assault arc, or uh, taking back uh, taking back Shingon Shina. Shingon Shina. Um, all I have to say is I am not okay. Like <laughs> I, I am not okay in the slightest after seeing this. Um, it and how appropriate because I'm actually wearing an MCR T shirt, but um. Anyway, the biggest problem is just this series, it's been dealing a lot of, like, the emotional meat grinder stuff at this, like, at, like, this particular part of the season. Like, and it has just been, like, a relentless assault of one after the other after the other. It's just, every week it's been getting, like, worse for our characters, I think. Yeah, I, I very much love, uh, Erwin. God. uh because just just that whole speech that he gave to all the cadets when he, when he's like yeah you yeah give up on all your dreams and go out there and die oh yeah that that was actually incredibly hard to watch that was actually something that uh, stuck with me the most like because it was because Irwin was beginning to doubt himself and Irwin was basically saying is it all worth it can will this actually make a difference and it was Levi of all people who had to talk him back up basically tell him Basically tell him, yeah. I don't know if it talk him back up. It's probably more just talk him down. Or at least... Because he's, like, he's... At least, what I mean more is give him the ability to actually proceed. Because mm. Erwin was, like, was, like, kind of stuck. He didn't know what to do. He didn't know what the right thing to do in that situation was. And he'd been spending all this time, all this energy, everything he'd done trying to figure out the truth of the world. And at the end, he's faced with this... I'm going to have to give this up, aren't I? Mm-hmm. And, the one thing he's been so like greedily going after. Yeah. Uh, and Levi, uh, he, he basically just told him, like, yeah, give up. Basically, go, it's like, give up on your dreams and die. Tell the, tell the troops to go to uh, march into hell. I'll be the one to ki- kill the Beast Titan. In that moment, what that basically, what it felt like Levi was trying to say is, uh, you... Go on and die. I'll be the one to see this through to the end. I'll be the one to like basically see, see the basement. The, I'll be well, not just see the basement, but just see like everything to the end. Like I'll like bear the yeah. guilt of this. You'll be dead, so you won't have to. I'll bear the guilt of these sins going forward because that's pretty much what Levi's been doing up to this point, taking on Irwin's mess, pretty much. Yeah, because I think that uh, Levi kind of sees Irwin as somewhat of a father figure. A father figure. A friend. Yeah. Like, this is, like... And that was actually an incredibly, like... For a character who's usually so stoic, that was actually a, a quite a nice bit of vulnerability. Like, mm-hmm. him... And it kind of culminated when the Beast Titan, when he actually, like, went to go fight the Beast Titan. For one thing, holy shit was that sequence yeah, super Yeah, that animation scene was just so amazing it was so pretty like i mean the dynamic camera work and stuff has been studio wit's calling card so that's not at all surprising but that whole sequence it was great to look at but it was incredibly frustrating because 
fucking A, Levi. You had one <laughs> job. You had one job, and you couldn't follow through with it. Yeah. Christ. It's because he, he wanted to save Erwin. No, I, I, point. Get, like, I get the reasoning. I get the reasoning behind it. It doesn't make it any less frustrating. Yeah. Like, because, like... He has his sword in the guy's mouth. Like, and I get it from a writing standpoint. I get it from a character standpoint. Like, that's all... That's all... That's all investing. Like, it wasn't enough to take me out of it. It's still incredibly frustrating because you know, yes, you could end this. Like, or at least get close or deal him a severe blow. And at the most pivotal moment, he hesitates. Mm -hmm. That... That's incredibly frustrating. And... I I don't know if he'll be able to forgive himself for that for a long time. Like I haven't read any of the manga. I'm yeah. going in completely blind. <laughs> I, I'm I'm sitting here like playing mental or not mental gymnastics. Like like a uh, math in my head, thinking of like oh okay, which part is the manga and which part is the show? Because I recently just read all the yeah. way up to the latest. <laughs> chapter. Funny story. You actually had watched a, a good portion of. Like, you had stopped reading the manga right about the point the anime is at now, right? Yeah, so I thought I read more, but apparently yeah, I read up to the point where the things happen, so... Yeah. But it's 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 good. I, I, I'm i not going to say anything else because that could lead into some kind of spoilers, but it continues to be real good. Yeah, the, the other big moment is Armin going out in a blaze of glory... <laughs> Uh, cue Bon Jovi, everyone, I guess. Just, oh my god, that, that sequence was fucking painful. Yeah, I, you don't really see, in, in the manga, it looks like he's just kind of burning away. Yeah. But in the, in the anime, they didn't really, they just, like, showed his flesh, like, melting off. And just, like, dripping away. And then evaporating. Yeah. Yeah. Just, oh my god. You really didn't get a feel about how hot the steam was until that point. Yeah, exactly. Because before people just get blown away or they're like, ah, my throat kind of hurts because I inhaled yeah. it. So it's like, it kind of seems like it's like a little hot, mm -hmm. uh, but not enough to just actually melt a person's skin off. Yeah, that that whole that whole sequence was just, oh my god. And then, of course, Armin figuring out, oh, well, the hooks won't uh, catch into his skin, so let's go for his teeth instead. Mm -hmm. For one... Really capitalizing on Armin's brilliance and, uh, like, awesome strat uh, strategic mind at play. Just figuring that out. But then, uh, but then, yeah, just watching him burn away. Like, Attack on Titan has never been shy about killing its characters. But that moment was such a big deal when I saw it. Like, I, like I said before, I didn't feel okay. Yeah, it's, it's because it's... We'd been lured. We'd been lured into a false sense of security for a while. That at least the main trio would make it out alive. So exactly. See, yeah. So seeing the character at that moment be fucking dead, like just it, sitting there. Yeah. Over, yeah. On the just, roof. Just. It, it was a lot to take in. I was like, <laughs> I'm. I'm not gonna be okay for a little while. Yeah. Is... It was very shocking to me when I read it. Yeah. Uh. So watching it the the second time, it was just like. Hey, it's Barbecue Armin. <laughs> I like my Armin well done. Finally, finally got to that part, yeah. Oh, God. it This uh, Attack on Titan, it's really delivering on its more emotional uh, kind of mm -hmm. emotional drama. Like, really what a war drama, I think, is supposed to be going into. Because like, at the end of the day, that's what this is. It's a war drama. It's like halfway through, right? Uh, yeah, we're, we're a little... We're about halfway through now, and... 
a little over halfway through now, actually, with the most recent episode coming out. But we'll be talking about that towards the end of our, uh, towards the end of this season. Next up, Bungo Stray Dogs. There's a lot of shit happening right now. Yeah, a lot. Like Bacchano of... levels of this character, <laughs> this character, this character. Um, yeah, you, um, like, first, uh, kind of addressing a problem with one episode, um, the whole, uh, Atsushi's uh, abusive father figure just dying out of the blue. Oh, yeah. I thought that was very ham-fisted. Yeah, you think so? I, I like the ramifications of uh, of the of the aftermath. Like, I like how Atsushi had to deal with it and kind of come to terms with himself. Yeah, and realize that... Uh... I think the, I think, yeah, the character, like, the conflict of him kind of being torn between being happy that he was dead and then also be at the same time being sad. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, there was a lot of really good, like, character moments and character growth for Atsushi. Yeah. Like, was, I thought it, that was all handled incredibly well. Agreed, yeah. But it's just the fact that he, this guy that we've only seen in flashbacks came out of nowhere and got hit by a truck, wasn't it? Yeah. And it's like, I, why? And it's... <laughs> I guess it was handled a little bit clumsily. I guess you could all you could kind of contribute it to the it being like the uh, like just somebody you don't really you don't really see death coming more often than not. So I guess you could kind of play into that, and that kind of makes it a little bit more jarring and shocking. But the show's not about that. Like yeah. the show's not about real real stuff. Yeah, like it's a uh, it's a fantasy like bombastic or uh, so not fantasy. So you think that it kind of didn't really match the. To- uh, the tone of the rest of the series. Yeah, like if this were to happen, like in, in like a Boogie Pop or like Cowboy Bebop, something with or like even a- Attack on Titan, what they yeah. did with Marco before they revealed what more- actually happened to Marco. Yeah, a lot more of a somber, slower tone. Well, to be fair, and yeah, they have actually had like characters die, like even in uh, like in season two with the whole like kids blowing up in a van thing. Yeah, like. But even then, that but was... that played into the next scene, yeah, and, and it, it felt like it was leading up to something, or something was leading up to it. Yeah, this whole yeah, I just, I just don't like how he died. I feel like if they brought him in another way, mm-hmm. or even had him die later or something, it would have been more yeah. interesting. I don't know. Like I said, I'm kind of I'm kind of okay with it. It wasn't really it didn't really bother me because once again, sometimes death just happens, and you're mm-hmm. never really around to see it, and so that kind of does make it. I guess a little bit more jarring. So maybe that was what they were going for. I don't have any major problems with it, but I can certainly understand why people are were not thrilled with it. And the last line, though, with uh, Dazai saying, well, usually when so- when somebody's dad dies, they cry. And then you actually seeing just like, like slowly, like tears start to well up in Atsushi's eyes and then slowly streaming down his face. Really good animation work by Bones. It's Bones, so <laughs> what do you expect? But the next... I was not expecting them to bring back a character in the most awesome way possible, but goddamn, did they fucking succeed with oh, Fitzgerald? Sure. Yeah. Holy shit, Fitzgerald's return was fucking glorious. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's <laughs> such a charismatic piece of crap. I, I, I agree. I adore him though. Like, mm-hmm. he is such a he's such a fantastic character, and just seeing like how he goes from rags to riches in the span of an episode but it doesn't feel like but it all feels organic and within the Mm -hmm. realm of possibility for someone like him and just well it's it's probably i'd say like 30 percent him and then like 70 percent um 
what's her name? Lu- Louise? Louisa, yeah. Louisa? Oh, yeah. yeah. She does so much work. By, I, I and, and I love her ability, too. Just the ability to slow down time. Yeah, because they thought, like, oh, she's just this master strategist, which she is, but it's not her ability that makes her a strategist. It's just her brain power and it yeah. just slows time to like 180th or something Some, like that something like that some absurd amount but basically she is able to slow it down and kind of calculate it all together yeah, just spend as much time as she wants planning something out exactly and it, that is and but she the caveat being she has to be in a room by herself uh the the relationship between fitzgerald and louisa's kind of messed up yeah it's pretty fucked up she yeah. uh she, she she's very attached to him for bad reasons. Yeah, in an incredibly codependent relationship. I really like... I want to like Fitzgerald. Like, I want to like him as a person. And I hope he has some good character development here. Because we have... We saw that out of, um... Uh, Edgelord McStabby Ghost. Oh, Akutagawa? Yeah. <laughs> Edgelord McStabby Ghost? <laughs> yeah, we saw that out of him in the second season. Yeah. Where he actually got some, you know, character growth and character development. So he wasn't just, like, this mindless asshole that murdered everybody. Yeah, I think that is one thing I will say about Bungo, like, that has been doing really good. It's been building up on their characters. Like, it's been, like, it hasn't killed many of their characters off, and more often than not, it's actually preserved a lot of them. So they keep coming back, and they... And some people might say that's kind of a lazy way to sort of recycle characters or whatever, but on the other hand, you actually get some pretty cool stories of, like, characters growing, learning, and stuff like that. We saw that with Akutagawa, I think think we're seeing that with fitzgerald because i think we are a little bit because i think he's learned a little bit of humility from his defeat at the hand of the uh, armed detective agency in the port mafia like i think and i think that kind of shows like because he still see he sees people as as valuable in a degree like obviously they're commodities to an extent but he at least sees that they are that they can benefit him in a not so selfish way like just like oh they're unimportant they just get me what i want but now it's like they actually have value as people like he's actually starting to see them more as his valued employees rather than just pawns and pieces that he can move around the table i think are you just inferring that based on how he's well he's even with louisa uh that what he's actually said with the new guy whose life he saved the whole that whole sequence where he was basically just trying to figure out like okay i'm gonna do a who I'm basically going to do a murder mystery thing. I don't know who solved the murder. You might not be able to know who solved the mur- who can solve the murder. You can figure it out, though. And I can play with that. Oh, yeah, and you can figure out someone who can. Exactly. I, I love, like, the dynamic that Louise and Fitzgerald have, at least. Because she is the strategist. He's the face. He's the one that can put all these plans into motion. Because he's mm-hmm. so goddamn convinced. Hey, I would say it was really satisfying seeing him expose that... I think it was like a chairman. Yeah, the of a pre- company. like yeah, and the, just he just bursts into the courtroom. Yeah. It's like I recorded it. I recorded this. These uh, tape recorders, by the way, <laughs> were three for one. <laughs> of his sudden uh, awareness of money. Yeah, of, he, of uh, buying things. Yeah, and like actually realizing the how like satisfying it can be to like buy things that are somewhat <laughs> affordable. It's like because normally I just buy the entire store if I wanted something. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the the entire bit with Fitzgerald, it was absolutely great. I was not expecting him to make a return. I'm holy crap! Am I glad that he's probably going to be helping? I, I assume eventually because uh, in this in the most recent uh, episode, there's just everything shit. Everything oh. sucks. 
Yeah. Like, be- um, the, the, the leader of the, the Port Mafia and the Arm Attack of Agency are out of commission. And they've basically been stabbed with alien parasites. Yeah, like, I'm just waiting for like a chestburster. Yeah, like, I was thinking that too. Like, I was, I'm hoping for a chestburster. <laughs> That's probably not going to happen. That's pretty much what they... Yeah. And just the kind of conundrum of, well, in order to save one, you have to kill the other, pretty much. And then, of course, the... Uh, the two agencies getting ready to duke it out. In the middle of a hospital. Yeah, I want to say when Chuya first appeared and just, like, him stepping on it and just, like, putting, like, the full force of his gravity, just making, this like, the ceiling just sort of collapse beneath his feet. I thought that was a super cool, That's like... That's so unnecessary. It is, but it is such a cool <laughs> thing. It's just like, okay, yeah. he's fucking serious. That's a really good intimidation tactic. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I, I can walk normally. I don't have to make my footsteps heavier. But... I'm gonna do it. Yeah. <laughs> just, uh, and then everybody just like kind of staring each other down in the hallway, getting ready to fight. I, I will say, as I said earlier, it's always interesting when this series brings back characters you weren't expecting them to, because they brought back, uh, the Scarlet Letter Power, the priest from uh, season two, actually. I had forgotten about him, but they, but when they brought him back, I'm like, oh, that's yeah, right. Yeah. So the villain. So far, antagonist. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm thinking he has some kind of brainwashing ability. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, he could just break their brain. Yeah. Something uh, of that nature. Because when, you know, when he killed the, the redhead kid from his flashback. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like, because he put his hand up to the kid's face. And then... And I'm assuming he could blam. probably just somehow alter their mind. Yeah. he made, uh, yeah, the priest. He made Akutagawa forget who he was. Like... No, he made, like, he made the priest forget who Akutagawa was, is yeah. what I meant to say. Mm-hmm. Like, just, who are you? focused on one mindless task. Pretty yeah, much. exactly. So it's probably limited in terms of mind control? I think so. mind suggestion or whatever? Um, but this also revealed a really crazy thing about him and Dazai, how they're pretty much just two halves of the same coin. Like, because they both think, like, almost exactly alike. And, like, because... Dazai, like, followed him and, like, found him in an alleyway. He they got shot by a sniper. Dazai knew about the sniper and called his bluff. Mm-hmm. And basically, basically, I'm trying to, like, I'm trying to remember what exactly the difference between Dazai's frame of thinking and uh, this villain's frame of thinking. It's, isn't it pretty much that, uh, that people, that the gifted have the ability, like, they just make things interesting, pretty much? I don't remember exactly yeah, I, that part, really. I, I just remember that, yeah, there was, like, a critical difference between the two of them. I can't really remember what exactly it was, though. You got to see the book. We, the Stray Dogs book, I think it was called. Finally, yeah, we finally know what it is and what it's capable of doing, more or less. It's like, an everything note. It's Yeah, it's basically just the ability to rewrite reality. Yeah, I'm assuming, based off of just what we learned, that it's able to just make stuff. I have a feeling that's the origin of Gifted, probably. Yeah. Someone was just like, I want people to have special powers. Hmm. Close book. Yeah, that I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case. I hope we find out more about it as the season progress, or even as the series progresses, because this has been an enjoyable watch. Mm. Boom, go. Oh, uh, random aside, I didn't expect the little girl... That was uh, oh, following around um, Mori. Mori to have I, powers. <laughs> I, 
Oh, man. I was. Like, I kind of knew it was going to happen eventually, but I wasn't. All of a sudden, telekinesis. Yeah, that was just, oh, yeah, we're fine. We just got out of an exploding car, by the way. I thought that was I thought that was really cool. I'm I'm adoring this series. I and we're finally gonna be able to see like Ron Poe doing something that isn't doing just a Oh yeah. Yeah Strat- strategizing a, a siege. Yeah. Oh my god, that is gonna be so cool because Ron Poe is one of my favorite characters. In fact, I'm pretty sure he's just my favorite character, like in this series. So it's gonna be interesting seeing like how he's gonna be their strategists. Uh, so up next we're talking about Demon Slayer. This series just makes me so freaking hype anytime yeah, I watch it. It's Ufotable making gorgeous stuff. Yeah, as they do. Like, uh, the most, the most recent, uh, fight, for instance, against the ball and arrow demon. That was so cool. Like, they, and they, they, um, uh, composited the CG model. Like, you could tell it was a CG model. Mm-hmm. Like, but it was it, really, it was done really well. But it looked so damn good, you didn't care. Yeah, whenever they use CG, it just looks so good. Like, the, uh, the mountain scene. Oh, yeah. When he was, you know, avoiding all the traps and stuff. Oh, my God, it was uh, so pretty. I mean, Ufootable does all the time when they, like, do the, the camera spins or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this, this fight was really cool. I couldn't help but think of Soul Eater. Yeah? With, um... Uh, Medusa? Yeah. Yeah. Arrows. <laughs> that, you know, that's a good point. I never uh, I never finished Soul Eater reading it or watching it. I probably should go back and finish reading it, at least, because yeah. I've, I've heard good things. I've heard weird things, but that's how Soul Eater do. It's so. just a very similar power. Although, I really liked how they comboed it. Oh, yeah. It's just one person can throw the ball, and the other person makes them go... In whatever direction they yeah. want. That is such a... That was such a crazy thing to see. Like, I could kind of, like, see... I could kind of see what was going on, like, before the character could. But at the same time, just given his limited understanding of, like, how demons' powers works and stuff, it didn't really feel too out of place. And then when uh, when the demon boy, I forgot what his name is, got his head blown off, but then regenerated, and it's like, look at the arrows, you idiot! <laughs> It was really weird watching him regenerate, because we've seen it before, but we never saw it, like, that slow and in that detail. It was just like, ugh. Yeah, you just see, like, the, like, the slow... The nerves. Ha- yeah. Oh. Regenerating, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was really, uh, that was kind of unnerving to watch, but still incredibly satisfying. I, I like that they aren't afraid to tell jokes mm-hmm. in the middle of really intense situations. Yeah. It's like, uh, we should just leave him behind. He's like, what? <laughs> uh, I was just joking. <laughs> I'm he's pretty... just so bad at telling jokes. Yeah, that... and then he just puts like a seal on his forehead and basically says, "Okay, now you can see the arrows. Mm. Now you have to which, uh... demon magic." Yeah, exactly. Which, whatever. That's how <laughs> we do. Uh, I will say that in that fight, I didn't like how they looped the exact same like uh, like third form, the flowing sword yeah. or whatever. Yeah, they did that yeah. three times this episode. I'm like, okay, it was impressive the first time, not so much the second time, and it was kind of made me go Ugh, really? it looked like a case of uh, we're almost to the point of we having 22 minutes but we need a little bit more yeah padding padding <laughs> padding but the way that he combined like his uh his fighting style and altered them on the fly that mm-hmm. felt incredibly satisfying He's a smart to boy yeah he is a smart boy and i wouldn't say that it's just necessarily smart he spent years like training yeah. these moves and these skills and stuff so he had, so learning how to, like, sort of change them up, that would take a lot of uh, discipline and kind of, like, would take a lot of discipline to be able to do. But, of course, like, learn how to apply the forms in 
new and exciting ways. That was incredibly well handled. Mm-hmm. Uh, Muzan Kibitsuji. Oh Sucks. my god, he's terrifying. <laughs> yeah. he, he, he's just downright terrifying. I think it's... I think it's horrifying how he's just capable of switching from, like, ridiculously calm and composed to, I'm gonna kill every motherfucker in this alley just because somebody insulted my yeah. uh, my skin color. So, this is a two-core show, right? Uh, yes, it'll be continuing next core. And we've already met the main antagonist. Yes. At least for now, it seems like. Yeah. Uh, I, I have a feeling that it's... It's th- this core is probably going to end with a with, with fighting him. Maybe I don't I don't see how it could otherwise because he's in that city unless they leave and then come back later. Like poss- possibly I don't really know. Like I think I don't imagine they'll be able to get their hands on him like so easily. Because, Either he might leave. Yeah, and I think his I think his entire like motivation is in, is very interesting for a character like him because he kind of gives me naraku vibes just like in his <laughs> yeah yeah you know what i mean but he doesn't but he also is kind of like a combination of naraku and uh, yoshikagi kira from uh, jojo part four because it seems more or less he wants to live a somewhat normal life with his family but also has whatever like horrifying obsession he has on the side i don't know i think he's just using the family you think so? Yeah, as a cover to blend into to society. Uh, that's just an assumption because like, we don't know. We don't. There's so much we yet. don't know about him. But that's just he, the feeling I'm getting off of this situation. Yeah, I I don't know. He's he's a mystery at this point, and I think it's kind of fun just theorizing about what kind of person he is. The fact that he can make people turn into the ending of Akira and make them just blow the fuck up, like by injecting enough blood into them. Oh god, yeah, that was hard to watch. Uh, it kind of reminds me of that scene from I want to say either Railgun or Index, where Accelerator just says, "I'm gonna make your blood flow in reverse." <sighs> that was probably. It might have been. I'm pretty sure it might have been Railgun, but Railgun, yeah, basically, Railgun, yeah. but basically, what happened is Accelerator looks at one of the uh, Misaka clones and it's like. I wonder what will happen if I make your blood flow in reverse. And he does that, and she explodes. <laughs> she she just explodes. Surprise. <laughs> Blood's not meant to go backwards. Yeah, and they will just explode everywhere. So, yeah. who'd have thunk, huh? Uh, I am just enjoying this series. I'm kind of interested in seeing where uh, where Nezuko is going to develop as a character. Yeah, I, I really like what they're doing with Nezuko. It's so refreshing seeing a like sister feminine character that's... Uh, the main character's not like, I have to protect you at all the times. Like, even in this most recent fight, he still trusts her. Just like, yeah, go after that guy, I'll go after this one. So it's more of like a partnership. Yeah, it, that's it's a really satisfying also, thing. Also, there's a fucking subreddit called Background Nezuko. Uh-huh. And it's just all the shots of her just like standing goofy in the background. Or just <laughs> like, like in the most recent episode, she like worm crawled onto the screen. <laughs> uh, it's so fucking good. I love it so much. Oh my god, that's she's great. She's so adorable when uh, she's not in murder mode. I... I think it's kind of fascinating too, like how much emotion they're able to convey with a silent character, mm-hmm. like just like like all the visual storytelling they can do with her, just like her remembering like different people from her home village, stuff like that. I think that's all very clever, and I'm incredibly excited to see like what they do with her, if they ever, because the goal seems to be turn her back to into a human, and the only yeah. way to do that is to find blood with people who share a close uh, tie with uh, Kibitsuji. Which I want to say, very good narrative decision to, like, that's... We started off immediately with a goal. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's always something to move forwards to 
as long as she's still a demon. Yeah. Like, you'll, you'll never really be stuck in the story. Yeah, absolutely. And also, another really cool narrative decision. Thank you, or whoever wrote this, for including more than one good demon. Like, it's actually incredibly satisfying seeing a, uh, seeing, like, a pair of demons who are actually good people, more or less. Like, the doctor having altered her body to the, to the point where she doesn't need to eat human flesh, only needs to consume a little bit of blood from people now. Yeah, there's probably gonna be more of those going on, because, like... In this world, I feel like there's probably a bit of just good humans or good demons around. Yeah. But they're, they have to be very secretive because... They're like, demons. Yeah, exactly. Everybody, everybody hates demons. Yeah, they're, they're terrifying. Like, rightfully so. They're, they're absolutely terrifying. So on to the next show involving demons. Dororo. The past few episodes have not at all disappointed. Yeah, like, this, this show has definitely kicked back into... Into, really, really good. Yeah. <laughs> um, ever since uh, the travesty that was episode 15, I want to say. Yeah. It's like episode 15 to yeah. a lesser degree 16. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they basically, the entire, these past few episodes have been really good. Like, just sort of a tragedy of uh, the of Shark Boy. I never, I can never really remember his name. Same? No. Sabu? I, uh, Sab- no, it's not Saburota. That's a different character. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a different character, and one I'd say is even more tragic, yeah. actually. Mako Tsunami. Yeah, <laughs> Mako Tsunami. <laughs> uh, but yeah, how... It's a dumb name. You had so many dumb names. It, it really did. Or, I mean, I don't know about the Japanese version, but the, yeah. the localized one that all of us saw as yeah. a kid. Something yeah. Mako Tsunami. Tea I- Gardener. <sighs> God. What was Joey's? It was Joey Wheeler. Yeah, but was that like, because he's a Brooklyn I motorcycle? Don't, I don't know. A- anyway, back back to not Mako Tsunami. Anyway. Yeah, that, that whole that Like whole the reunion. So the un- reunion between Dodoro and uh, and Hiyakimaru was... Yeah, the, the head rub. Uh, oh my god. He just goes there and he's like, I missed you so much. Yeah, it, that was such a sweet moment. And mm-hmm. then she just hugging him. Like, just, I. it's like, you took too long, you idiot. It, it was about the greeting you'd expect, like, and it was super rewarding after they kind of had to part their separate ways for that brief time on account of Dororo getting kidnapped by Itachi. Yeah, surprise, he's an asshole. Uh, yeah, but at the weird, at the same time, he's has some degree of honor. Like, I thought that he, at least he was looking, as I said before, I liked how he was looking out for, like, the lives of his men. Like, yeah, he's a... He's a bad person, but he's not, like, a comically bad person. Exactly. He has, like, some justifications for what he's done. And even in the end, like, despite the fact that, yeah, he still died a greedy bastard, which was good. Like, I had no problems mm-hmm. with that. I wouldn't say he redeemed himself, but he did, for one, like, split second, did something that didn't benefit himself. And I thought that was a a nice way for him to go out mm-hmm. in the end. Like, him realizing, oh, this kid's in trouble. Like... I grew up with this kid. I'm going to protect her. Like, even even if I'm going to die in the process, at least for a brief moment, he kind of died in a fitting way. Even though previously he just tied Dorota up to a tree to get eaten by a shark. Hmm. Whatever. <laughs> um, I think, though, that the... Uh, then we had a actually a 
good filler episode. Yeah, I was watching this and I was like thinking, is this filler? Like, is this not in the source material? It's a it's a manga, right? Uh, it was a manga originally from like, but you have to remember yeah. this. Oh, I guess the source material will be considered the old cartoon. Yeah, and it was also the original manga was from the '60s, so yeah. like they've changed some stuff dramatically. But I wouldn't say this. I wouldn't qualify this. Some people have said, like, I personally associate it as a filler because that's yeah. kind of what it is. But other people, but filler usually does have some negative connotations with it. Like, but so some people have taken to calling it a breather episode, which I'd say is a little bit more apt. But yeah, I think th- I liked it. It was really good and yeah, funny. It, was- uh, it, it still fit into the series because yeah. a lot of this has just been. This episode is going after this demon, mm-hmm. and there there was a demon there, but it just happened to be a very benign yeah it was just kind of a little uh, mischief maker like yeah. some on somebody on uh somebody on kitsu i don't remember their name but they basically pointed out how it was incredibly fey like like how it was basically just a little mischief Imp- creature yeah and that's all it really did it just wanted to kind of cause some minor trouble and inconvenience and at first like you didn't kind of register it like everybody's saying oh yeah he's such a terrible blacksmith and stuff even though and then everybody keeps saying that. And it's like, oh, he's actually a really good blacksmith. Yeah, I thought it was a pretty clever way to reveal it over time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we slowly start realizing how uh, everybody's lying, but everybody's okay with lying. Yeah. But I think they just accepted that, like, well, I guess this is how I talk now. It, it kind just, of... They'll know I mean the opposite. Of yeah, it I kind think. of reminds me of the Talking Head episode of uh, JoJo Part yeah. 5. That's, uh, that's what exactly I was thinking of while watching it once it was revealed why. It's like... Oh, I get it. It's like it's like talking head. It's making them say the opposite of what they mean. That's actually hilarious. Mm-hmm. But and it that was pretty much it. Like it was like yeah, it was basically like, uh, Hyakimaru was about to be forced into a marriage. He didn't want to get. Yeah, he didn't the, want to get married. The Don't, most recent one though was probably one of the best written episodes I've seen so far of the show. Yeah, like, it, aside it from so aside good. from episode six, which that, that was one the one with the girl. Yeah, that was the one with Mio. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this was easily, I think, the best episode in the season. Like, aside from maybe the Mio episode, but that's a matter of opinion. This most recent episode, it was just like, it capitalized on just how tragic this whole situation really is. Mm-hmm. Because it was, it was such a roller coaster. Yeah. You, you have the high of. Like Hyakimaru and Dodoro just kind of walking through the woods, just yeah. enjoying, like, the scenery. Like, Dodoro. And just because. What Dodoro and Hyakimaru are, the reason why they're such good kindred spirits is because they're both people who have had, like, the ability to live normal lives, like, unfairly taken from them. Dodoro lost her parents, Hyakimaru lost his body, and so he's never been able to live a normal life, neither Mm -hmm. is she. And it was just kind of a nice moment for the two of them to just experience this together. Yeah, I I like the slow buildup of positive feelings for it all to come crashing down uh, with a point where... Uh, they they fell off the cliff mm. after fighting the chimera. Uh, yeah, t- totally not a chimera. It's, it's a chimera. <laughs> yeah, it's known uh, as a new way, I think, in Japanese. But uh, but, when, but it's a chimera. When, when Dororo got her arm stuck, and just the you see Hyakimaru like, oh, it's fine. I'll just push off the rocks, and then, and then when the arms break, and just like Hyakimaru just goes, starts throwing a fit of rage. Like he starts he starts butting his head against it, trying to I, force it. I, to I, can, I can only imagine his internal thoughts are like, if I had real arms. I'd be able to push this boulder off, or I'd be able to do something more than I would with just these little broken stumps. Yeah, exactly. The uh, the thing about that 
a thing about that sequence that was also really good is um, there was no music playing, like mm-hmm. none whatsoever. It was just like Hyakimaru screaming, water rushing, and it just kind of made the situation just feel that much more tense. Like Dororo is going to die, like, and just Hyakimaru can do literally nothing to save her. But lo and behold, mysterious old man shows up. Yeah, with his mysterious cane sword. <laughs> uh, he shows up, I think, too like too conveniently. Yeah. To be just chance. Yeah, he's got to be like we've seen him like kind of traveling around looking for things of import. So like I imagine he's just following. I think he's just following the senses or whatever that he's feeling around. Mm-hmm. But we don't really know. And then. Uh, Saburota was an incredibly tragic character too. Like just seeing him like kind of spiral downwards into just uh like him realizing that he wanted to be like Hyakimaru, but realized he could never be somebody like Hyakimaru yeah, because the he emotions was just too much there, of a coward. It was just so human. Like how he 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 just he wanted to keep people well he, I, his goal wasn't to have people die really. Is his goal was just to see them in afraid. Fear. Like, because, kind of like, justify well, his own fuck-up. Exactly. Like, if other people are afraid, then that means it's okay that he was afraid. And, yeah. And that's the only way he can truly be at peace with himself, I yeah, guess. Yeah, because just the fact that he cut off his own mother's arm to Ugh. save himself and didn't, didn't even, even mean re- to yeah and he didn't even realize it in that moment yeah. somebody just pointed out what's that on your what's that on your cloak and he looks down and realizes oh shit that's my mom's hand i think the the what made that scene hit so hard to me is that i feel like it it felt so like something that could have happened yeah cuz like i feel like if someone was grabbing really hard and you hit cut off their hand then the muscles are still going to be yeah just clenched on really tight yeah exactly it just seems so real Ugh, yeah, and then and they didn't they didn't play up his mom being like, "Oh, help me! I'm dying! I'm I'm still dying! Why yeah. are you running away?" Yeah, like like they basically as soon as the arm as soon as he cut the arm off, uh, it just kind of like flashed. Like in probably in that moment, he like blacked out because he was like so afraid. Mm-hmm. Um, and then him finally just giving up and letting the Nue eat him, and then the fight against uh, Hyakimaru, which they didn't show most of it. I'm actually kind of glad they didn't. I don't know if I'd say I'm glad. I think, uh, but it was a really good. It was a great director's yeah, it choice. It was so good. It was so fun to watch. Just or not fun, but it was interesting to see Dororo just walk up on the scene of all this carnage. Yeah, just like, and it just it feels so in character because Hyakimaru just went absolutely berserk. Probably did blackout. Didn't mm-hmm. even like register what was going on. Just driving on pure instinct. What makes the most sense? And then the uh, Saburota's last words were, oh, I get it now. You're not human either. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, uh, I love how even in the end, he's not willing to accept like, what he did. He's yeah, like, exactly. oh, it's fine. Like, of course you're not afraid. You're not a person. Therefore, I can still keep thinking I'm right. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then now he's out for Daigo's head. Which... Yeah, because uh, when he killed the demon, he didn't get any body parts back. So and I then just... just slashing at it repeatedly. Yeah. Just, oh, God, this... This episode was so hard to watch. It, it really was. It was. So, so next time, um, mysterious old man shows up, he's not gonna have a sword. So, uh, yeah, or at least he's gonna have like a broken like knife yeah. thingy, sort of like the giant's knife in uh, Ocarina of Time. So next up, uh, talking about Fairy Gone, or Which... you're talking about Fairy Gone because <laughs> I am bored. Yeah, I can understand, and I can understand perfectly why because. 
I, I, and maybe it's because I'm not against like uh, procedural crime shows and stuff like that. And that's kind of what this show was shaping up to be. It was like a, it, what it was actually really shaping up to be, I think, was a procedural crime show or rather a political drama with procedural crime elements in it and sort of some action fight se- and some action fight sequences. Which and, I'm all about those. But uh, just the way that it's presented. And I'm all about crime shows. Like, I like um, Detective Conan. Yeah. Uh, I It's just I don't care about the characters, really. They, they don't give me enough reason to care about them. Uh, yeah. Uh, we, and there's so much info dumping and just talking. Yeah, I, I'm not against, like, I'm not against, like, talking for, in, if it's in the case of political intrigue and stuff like that. Like, I, I really am not, like... I guess it. I guess that's a matter of taste. But the the thing is, there's a word in there. Yeah. Intrigue. Yeah. And you're not intrigued. <laughs> it, it's like I'm very interested in those dialogues if I'm interested in the situation. Yeah, exactly. But if I'm not, then then it's then they're just blah 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 fight scene blah 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 really good soundtrack blah 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 blah. Yeah. Love the soundtrack. <laughs> now, oh, the soundtrack is great. I um I love the intro like. The yeah. intro visuals and the intro uh, song are both quite good. And I think that there's quite a few really cool things like going on, like trying to interrogate a person, figure out like what he knows about like this uh, about this crime, figuring out like how the artificial fairies work and why they're malfunctioning. Realizing all that stuff and trying to figure out in the like in the one of the most recent episodes, the uh, realizing that the realizing that somebody was trying to set it up to where there was enough manufactured doubt in the new artificial fairies because they had been miraculously malfunctioning because of sabotage, as it turns out. And so they bring out the old ones for a commemorative ceremony. However, somebody possesses the device that can actually easily manipulate those old ones. But most people don't know about that. And I think I think it's really cool like because as an audience, you know about it and you're just basically trying to see how the characters get to that conclusion. You want them to see it, or at least I do. Which is why I was fascinated with it. And just, like, kind of trying to figure out, like, all the different, like, political, like, um, like all the different motivations, all the different, uh, like, factions at play. I think all that stuff is fascinating. That being said, there are, they have introduced way too many plot points from the get-go. Like, way too many characters and not enough time for you to really sympathize with them in a meaningful way. <laughs> I feel like we were in a car going really fast and it's it's driving towards a cliff and i'm just like nope rolling out but you're you're just grabbing on the wheel you're like i'm i might as well go down with this car <laughs> like because i, I don't know maybe a, and maybe because of a couple reasons one i do actually find that there is some there is some merit to it two there is some uh, two there is it's pa works and i admit i'm biased or a little bit towards pa works uh and three, I'm biased towards like procedural crime and political drama type shows. I'm I'm fascinated by these things, so I kind of want to see yes how it plays out. I recognize that it's not the best. I kind of wish that it would be doing it better, but I'm not exactly I'm not exactly like completely disappointed with it. Like I reckon I see the potential in it, and I want them to do better. But well, I'm. I'm looking forward to seeing how you feel at the end of the season. I yeah, and considering <laughs> and considering how PA Works has split the course and because it was originally slated for 24 episodes, which it still is, they're just splitting the course now. Like it's okay. not going it's going to be premiering I want to say in uh, 
fall of this year as opposed to summer maybe i'll catch up at the end maybe maybe who knows uh anyway that's all i really have to say about the show like i'm i'm still having a decent time with it i'm underwhelmed but not completely like it's not completely out of the game for me so next up fruits basket aka let's let's keep murdering your emotions while introducing a new quirky cast of characters (laughs) okay i'm not crying you're crying (laughs) i'm not crying (laughs) okay yeah just uh as somebody who's like uh dealt with like depression anxiety stuff like that it toru's like feelings of not wanting to impose on people not Mm -hmm. wanting to upset people just kind of wanting everyone else to be happy it's an understandable feeling and it's understandable why she would go that route at the same time it's still frustrating to see yeah it watching that new year's episode hit wait it was new Year's. yeah it was new year's Year's. it just hit so hard because i knew when everyone was leaving she was like oh it's fine you you guys all go have fun i was like nah that's not not how she feels it's like it's not fine (laughs) nothing is fine in fact she's probably crying Mm -hmm. it turns out yes she is no yeah and her best friend was the one to save the day one of her best friends yeah uh hanajima wave girl yeah okay hanajima is one of the most like awesome characters ever she is so like overly dramatic and so just guilt tripping yeah it just (laughs) she she meets up with him she's like oh man sure it sucks that she's alone god dang (laughs) She's probably crying right now. But the hope, I mean, I'm just saying that. I'm yeah. not saying it for any reason. I, I think well, the reason why I say, like, I just love how, like, overly dramatic she is is because, like, in the episode where they were getting ready to run oh, the race. running? Yeah, and she's like, oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> just go on yeah. without me, Tor. <laughs> Although eventually just start playing cards. Yeah. And the teacher's also playing cards. And just, no, and, yeah, more and more people just gather around to play yeah. cards at the front gate. And... <laughs> I want to point out that Hana is probably the best cheater at cards ever because she pull she pulls out a five of a kind, which isn't a thing in Pokemon. By <laughs> I didn't the way. think about that. <laughs> the, like, and one of the cards she has is the Joker. In what rules of poker is the Joker an actual playable card? If, uh, if I'm pretty sure that's not how that works, but he's like, oh yeah, I've got a five of a kind. That's how poker works in Nihon. I, I guess I I don't know, but uh, but yeah. Kyo is still shaping up to be probably my favorite character in this series so far. I, I really enjoy, I just enjoy like how hot-headed he is, but at the same time, he's basically just a male sundere. That's mm-hmm. that is what he is, and it's yep. always rewarding to see a male sundere actually done well. But uh, we got introduced to... Uh, cow. Yeah, the cow. The ox. Uh, Haru, yeah. yeah. Haru and then his alternate persona, Dark Haru. Yeah. <laughs> or if you listen to the, if you listen to black. how they, yeah, it's just yeah. black Haru. I assume they didn't want to be like, ah, oh, he's black. <laughs> uh, or he's in black mode. That was like, that, that was a thing in uh, the Dragon Ball Super dub. Oh yeah. Uh, when they had Goku black, there was literally a line in the dub where they're like, don't shoot, he's not black. <laughs> I was like, ah, man. It's like, you, you're just writing the memes for us. It's for like, animation. oh, okay. <laughs> I yeah, didn't even I know like about him. that. I, I like Mukau. Yeah, um, I, I like Haru as I well. I like how he kept his haircut mm-hmm. when he yeah. went into cow form. He still had that yeah. white little puff of hair on top. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think it was fascinating, like, once again, just figuring out more and more about the Soma clan through the introduction of the way, like, just the way that we're kind of organically yeah. revealing more about the Soma clan just by 
proxy of the each family member's experiences with them. I think Soma Clan sucks. Yeah, the Soma (laughs) Clan is horrible. I mean, at least the upper echelon of the Soma Clan. Yeah, because I feel like there's their their grounds are gigantic, so I'm sure there's plenty of good people in there. Yeah, but the but the people that are like in like the inner circle of the Soma Clan, at least Akito, we don't really know much about Akito, but I don't think they're. I'm not sure if Akito is supposed to be a guy or a girl. I don't think... Yeah, maybe. I don't think they're a good person. Like, Mm -hmm. and whether there's actually a reason for that, that remains yet to be seen, but... He probably had lots of bad experiences. Yeah, probably... He probably was a good person at first. And probably his hands are tied, like, just because Mm -hmm. he's the actual head of the family, and he has to do as the family would always do. Mm -hmm. The... The backstory for the doctor was pretty tragic. Oh, yeah. I was just, he has this relationship and then fucking Akito ruins it all. Mm. Yeah, I I don't know if that was from a few weeks ago. Like, like cause, uh, or maybe, it might have been before our cutoff. I think we'd already talked about it before really? a little bit. I think uh-huh. so, but, uh, but figuring out uh, about uh, Haru's backstory, figuring out what, uh, figuring out that they were just basically like looked down upon because they were the ox and the oh the ox is stupid because how could they how could they be used mm-hmm. by the rat like that and then him basically starting to believe that himself and then starting to resent the rat for his unfortunate lot in life it's because when you're a kid it's like oh you're an adult so you obviously know better like you're everything adults say when you're a kid is like oh that's the that's the gospel truth exactly so if, if you're a kid and you get adults telling you you're stupid that's just the worst yeah like you probably you, he genuinely thinks it up and until the point where he Yuki, actually met Yuki yeah. and then started to, I like how he recognized how screwed up his, his beliefs were starting to be and how twisted, like, and how once he actually got to know Yuki, he started to sort of change his perspective and realize that, you know, I can actually change for the better. I can stop the cycle here, mm-hmm. but, but he never really fully got rid of that yeah. mean streak. <laughs> yeah. Because him and wanting to fight Kyo. Yeah. And Kyo beating the crap out of him once he actually started taking him seriously. <laughs> I like his, like, sort of split personality, how, like, there's the blood-hungry one, and then there's just the one who's a complete ditz. Mm-hmm. Just who would get lost to the on his way to the bathroom, for instance. But yeah, this series continues to be charming, fun, heart-wrenching at times. Yeah, I... I was at the beginning of the series. I was like, "Oh, fruits basket first season." That's a little pretentious, pretentious of you, assuming like, you're going to do so well. But I, I'm very excited to see the second season. So. Yeah, I I am too. It it has yet to disappoint me so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, so next up is uh, Senko-san. The more wholesomeness ensues. Like, do we need to really say much more about this? I it, it's it's winding down to the point where I'm actually I'm getting worried because. Like, we knew that this wasn't going to be a forever thing mm-hmm. of Senko, you know, being there to make his life better. Yeah. Uh, and I think the series did a good job of lulling us into a sense of pushing that just to the back of our heads, like, not thinking about it. Yeah. But this, uh, most recently, is, uh, I think Senko uh, said something along the lines of, uh, good things can't last forever. Yeah. And, it's like, and then uh, even and then even the uh, like the head fox goddess shows up and she actually says something to the exact same degree, but uh, yeah, I knew this was only going to be a temporary mm-hmm. thing. But it just it just sucks to think about because like you never want a good thing to end, even though it should. Like mm-hmm. obviously, you should never have a good thing. Or I mean, 
you should never have too much of a good thing forever otherwise it's gonna make you yeah like, complacent or whatever Absol- i thought that was, was pretty cool what the the head fox um spirit yeah. did because mm-hmm. like she's letting it happen she probably knows that she's gonna have to cut it off soon for mm-hmm. senko but yeah. i think it was kind of cool she's like yeah just here, have some food. Yeah, here, enjoy. have a banquet of food. Yeah. Enjoy our private beach trip, you yeah. human. Yeah, in the middle of, like, that's apparently in the middle of worlds between human world and demigod fox world, because mm-hmm. thank you, Shiro. We're going to bring two humans, because now Koenji is actually a main member of the cast, which I'm uh, actually kind of cool with. Yeah, I love her. She's adorable. Yeah, Koenji's great. I, uh, I think that she's basically just kind of supposed to be, like, an audience proxy to a degree, because... When you think about like all the when you think about all the shenanigans that happen uh, between Kuroto and Senko, like when you're watching it as the audience, like you know that it's that it's wholesome, it's innocuous. There's mm-hmm. there's nothing like really inherently sexual there. Yeah, and a little, little tiny, tiny, little tiny, tiny bit, <laughs> tiny bit. But that's only. But I think that's only because of like how typically those things are seen yeah. sexual. Like I don't think that uh, it's mostly just with like the massage scene. Yeah, which once again I want to say I think it's kind of. I think it's kind of cool of the show to show that in any other show it would be it heavily like sexual. Here they don't really play it up as anything particularly. They play sexual. it up as a joke, kind of. Yeah. When, um, what's the main character's name? Uh, Kurota. Kurota. When he's just like, oh, oh, and he's <laughs> making all these noises. Like I'm assuming in the in the in the directorial booth, uh, they're, they're just like, all right, we need you to like orgasm it up a little bit. <laughs> But yeah, I I don't think that they were intentionally trying to play it up as anything really sexual is the thing. But then once uh, Koenji hears about it, it's like, yeah, I stepped on him earlier. Oh, she freaking, uh, every took that picture out of context yeah, exactly. immediately and she's like, I'm going to step on you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, I think that's, and I think that's the funny thing because anybody who's watching this show knows that it's, there's nothing in really inherently sexual about it but mm-hmm. i think when anybody who's taken it out of context a la koenji there she's basically seeing it as nothing but sexual like just what kind of stuff is he into uh, a little interesting note uh in the, in the most recent episode when shiro like suddenly showed up through the wall she came in through the wall through um the neighbor girl's room yeah so it's like oh they were probably hanging out or something beforehand because I, I guess, like, they've been, she's been coming over to play video games with her a lot yeah, recently. Yeah, makes sense. It's just super adorable. Yeah. I, I like, I like how Koenji's actually a main member of the cast. I like mm-hmm. that. I like this show, how it's taken stuff that would, in any other anime, would be played up in the most, like, sort of etchy, sexual, like, route possible. But they kind of are toning it down a little bit and trying to paint it as not sexual. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't really escape tropes, though, so take that for what People it is. People are going to make porn of everything. Yeah, exactly. Officer, it's an 800-year-old fox girl. I swear. <laughs> so uh, so next up is Hitori Bochi. I love Karai. I think she's actually a great character. Uh, agreed. Yeah. yeah. She's, she's very simple. Yeah, she's but, um, simple, but... So is everyone else in the class is pretty much falls under one trope. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Karai... You you figured out that she was voiced by Ichigo, right? From uh, uh, Darling in the Franks. The same voice actress who voices yeah. Ichigo, yeah. And then they have like the same eye color and a very similar hair. Yeah. And yeah, it's that was just a funny little detail that I never picked and up on. They're both destined to play second fiddle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's 
very true but karai i appreciate like where where she's coming from because she wants to for whatever reason be like become stronger and so she doesn't have to rely on people mm -hmm. i think that uh hitori that hitori wants to be stronger so that she can learn to be around people more i think that uh it's an interesting balance between uh independence and codependence i hope yeah, they, that they, they even bring that up too yeah and I, th I want them to find that eventually, and maybe Karai will be her friend at the end. I actually liked it. I wasn't expecting it at the end, because in the ending sequence, they've been adding more and more of the girls in, like they would pop in from whatever frame they showed up in. I was not expecting Karai to drop in, actually, at that mm -hmm. point. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, the opening, so. yeah, I and then I saw Karai drop in. I'm like, oh, cool. She's part of the end crawl. That's actually really cute. Yeah, it makes me wonder if um bochi's friend is ever gonna bochi's old friend is ever gonna uh, pop up in the yeah, ending kai yeah, yeah i i hope so because i i adore i adore these characters i adore this show it's just it's just wholesome cute comedy i i have one thing that's a very minor complaint is in the beginning of the series it started off like a more it, it was a little more deep yeah you were expecting to be kind little, of was a little more in depth you were expecting i was personally expecting to be more like kind of friend of the week instead of like yeah. a kind of monster of the week friend of, instead of friend of the week kind of deal that's it, it, what i was expecting it was a show with i think very uh it, it appealed to pretty much like everybody like it was just a good show yeah it's still a good show I, i'm not trying to say it's not but it's I think it's slowly dissolving into more of a cute girls doing cute things yeah, every week kind it, of show, it's which I love. It's definitely a moe. <laughs> it's definitely a moe blob show, but it's but it's a good moe blob show. I agree. I, yeah, it's just I, it's. I it'd probably go down like half a point or so for me. Yeah, I like how they kind of are going more in depth. I'd say with the characters they currently have, though, like Satoka and her, like uh, kind of figuring out like why she's so lonely and stuff like that. And then that really cute moment when she goes into her apartment, she's by herself, and as soon as she gets home, every single one of her friends says, "Welcome back." Mm -hmm. That was Wonderful. a really that was a really cute uh, moment and pretty nice way to cap off that episode. Like the series continues to just be a delightful little romp. Uh, so next up, Isekai Quartet. I love Megumin on loudspeaker. I feel like, <laughs> I feel like this is a perfect role for her. Yeah, and then, of course, her fighting over the yeah. microphone with, I'm assuming, one of the characters from Tanya. It was, yeah. It was um, the blonde guy, I think it was. Yeah, I think so. But, uh, but yeah, just the two of them kind of duking it out over the uh, over the loudspeaker. Mm. I, like, I like how the series kind of incorporates, like, inside jokes from the series where they originally come from. Like, uh, in the obligatory beach episode that's coming up, like, everybody's getting ready to go swimsuit shopping, and Kazuma was saying, you have to look your best, and Aqua says, it's not like you have much to show <laughs> off anyway. <laughs> kind of referring to that one ending episode. Excalibur! Of, yeah, the holy sword Excalibur. They're <laughs> <laughs> just like, huh. Yeah, I love how it's canon that every, uh, all the main females in Konosuba has seen Kazuma's little penis. <laughs> and it, then, and uh, then, uh... What's her face, um... Succubus. Uh, Albedo. Albedo, yeah. yeah. She's just like, yeah, yeah, she's a virgin. Yeah, and then everybody's making fun... And then everybody's making fun of her, like, Kazuma is just kind of laughing, and then Shaltier is laughing, and then Aqua, of all people, steps up to her defense and says... No, it's totally okay to save yourself for the person that you love, but what's not okay is you patting your his stuffing your bra. That's the only thing that's not okay. And then Shaltier. The smugness that, from Albedo. Yeah, and then Shaltier getting all embarrassed. Yeah, I, 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 
have a feeling that Aqua's probably a virgin yeah. as well. That's probably why she chimed in. Probably. I mean, then again, for her, it's to be for her, it's to be more expected because she's you know a pure goddess. She's not pure in the slightest. <laughs> Nothing to be expected around there for her being a pure goddess. That was well. She she certainly likes to play it up. Sure, but that was almost definitely coming from personal defense. Yeah, I think so. That's a, <laughs> that's actually a really good point. When you look at it, when has she ever done something for someone else without benefit for herself? Yeah, you know what? That's a okay. incredibly. I will challenge fair... someone to to bring that up. I mean, maybe. Oh well, kind of when she was bringing Cosma back. Mm. But you could also argue that it's like she can't get along alone, anyways. Yeah, and <laughs> also she kind of needs him to defeat the Demon King because if she doesn't, if he doesn't, then she won't be able to go mm-hmm. home because that was part of the contract. Uh, they. I think it was an end credit scene, or after the credits, they showed like a little bit with uh, the... The Mohawk guy. The Mohawk guy, yeah, yeah. who's just mysterious and always around. Um, Who a lot of people believe is the Demon King. I would, I would love that. Yeah, a lot of people think he's just the Demon King, and he's just kind of hanging out in the main adventurer's town just because. Like, he's not like there for like any malicious purposes or anything. He's just like, eh, not really. I'm not really doing anything anyway, so why not? That's kind of how it's been kind of accepted by the fans at this point but i don't know we have yet to actually see i just think he's just a cool guy who just Mm -hmm. likes to show up and just occasionally give like a thumbs up every once in a while he's i wasn't expecting him to show up i was i thought that okay the characters that have showed up so far that's gonna be it there's not gonna be any other surprises or anything Uh, so i think that the tanya characters are weak in this show like even i feel like even if I would have seen the show, they don't really do much for the jokes. Yeah. They're just kind of there. Tanya's great. Oh, yeah. Tanya's Tanya fantastic. with everybody, but, like, those random soldier guys and the girl that's just there. They, they're more like accessories, I think, to Tanya. Yeah. Whereas all the other characters are and maybe that's kind of characters. And maybe that's kind of what they're supposed to be in their original yeah, series. But, but... Uh, the cast of every other character in Isekai Quartet is, like, they're fully fleshed out characters These except kokutsis because he doesn't do anything either yeah but that's like the joke yeah <laughs> he's, he's the silent yeah. stoic one i i suppose so but i don't but i don't know like i guess the tanya characters are um are kind of yeah just there i'm curious to find out what roswell is doing like because he i don't think they're gonna really elaborate on the lore of i don't Isekai think, quartet i don't think so either but i'm <laughs> but i'm still it's one of those things that i'm curious about it's probably gonna end in a really fucking stupid way like it's prob- oh surprise we're all going back to our worlds now it's yeah it's probably just gonna be part of the joke yeah the i'm amelia being the class president and then uh and then like Ein's basically intim was it Ein's or albedo basically intimidating everybody to agree with her or because no, it was uh, Amelia just smiling. Yeah, and then like doing her shiny smile thing, and everyone's like, "Okay, I guess." Yeah, I guess we'll go along with it. <laughs> but yep, we are gonna get our obligatory beach episode. I think next episode. Yeah, probably. So next up, JoJo Golden Winds, the green green day, tea, green tea day saga, green day, de- green tea and and sanctuary. For those of you yeah. who aren't aware, that's actually Green Day and Oasis, mm-hmm. but. Uh, Chocolat is an asshole. Fuck him. He's terrible. Yeah. He's like one of the most reprehensible human beings I think this show has shown. It was really disgusting just seeing his backstory. It made me really uncomfortable in a very good way, I think. Yeah, he's like, this person is just the 
worse. Just like leaning down and whispering into an old person's ear every basically, day, like nobody loves you, no one's gonna come see you, you might as well die. Basically making some, basically driving them to kill themselves. Yeah, yeah. that that shit was all really fucked up. The uh, and then Seko, his kind of pet, I guess you could. That's probably a good word for it. Yeah, yeah, it's more or less what he is. He's just a pet. Uh, he's probably someone that he mentally traumatized into just thinking that he's the greatest person ever yeah probably like we don't really know that much about their relationship we just know that Seko is one of his patients or was mm. one of his former patients and now he's his film man yeah the person who's always like documenting everything and will occasionally feed him sugar cubes <laughs> God, i love that <laughs> just, just flicking him around and he's like, <laughs> yeah, it's so adorable and he like pets him I, yeah. I love seeing them on screen every time. Is uh, I mean, as uh, reprehensible of human beings yeah. as they are, yeah, they they have, a, they have that good JoJo humor. Exactly. Uh, seeing uh, just seeing like the fight play out between uh, Chocolata and Giorno, and the whole like, uh, and the whole like Chocolata actually like sawed himself into like multiple pieces. Oh god, thing. that was so gross! How his spine was wiggling around like uh, a tail. Yeah, and then how like. And how he basically, like, fused off or kind of uh, burned away or kind of uh, just made it so that I won't bleed to death yeah, as a he, result of he this. he used the... Cauterize, that's the word I'm looking for. He used his mold. Yeah, well, he didn't cauterize it. He just, like, closed off yeah. the veins. Which, it wouldn't have worked, but whatever, who cares? You know what? Fine. <laughs> <laughs> Stands do wimbly-wombly... Yeah, exactly. Standy-wandy stuff. The, uh... Yeah, just like seeing all that, but then of course what was the most rewarding thing was the super muda, uh, which yeah. went on for I get it's referred to as the seven page muda for manga readers because it went on for seven pages. Yeah, there was uh, there's someone on Kitsu. Uh, I, I I gotta look it up real quick because it was such a good infographic. Uh, what, 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 what? Oh yeah, it was like somebody had basically uh, had basically like calculated how much time had like and it was like nine months or something or something close to that where it had been nine months of him feeling in like constant pain because just in like the span of time that it actually i don't think it was quite that long it was a long time it was it was a long time and it was just uh the fact that he just felt pain for such an extended period okay of time. here it is so oh, it's yeah. uh <laughs> it was um uh, master coon man on kitsu yeah, he says, uh, did you know that if, that if the if you average out both times Bruno was hit by gold experience, his senses went berserk for one minute and eight seconds. During the seven-page Muda, Chocolata was punched approximately 478 times, meaning that he felt intense pain for around nine hours, one minute, and 44 seconds. Nine hours, okay. that That's... Uh, yeah, which... I didn't even think about that, because they never brought up that ability for golden experience since like the second episode or yeah something like that it's been a long time yeah and wow just 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 the fact that that much time probably passed that would have to be absolutely excruciating Mm -hmm. and then what was even more awesome was the fight between Seko and bruno speaking of bruno like kind of the uh the fact that bruno is just using his uh his fucked up like i'm still alive somehow body like to his mo- to his advantage like i won't die from the mole i'll take as much damage as humanly possible because it won't kill me i'm already dead i was really surprised by the extent of seko's power mm. because it 
it just seemed like he could do melt a little bit of the ground in a small localized area. Yeah. But uh, later on, he ended up like melting the entire street. Yeah. Uh, and causing everything to sink in. Uh, yeah, he's he's surprisingly strong. And then his freak out moment mm-hmm. when he realizes that uh, Chocolata is dead. Is dead. Was... Which I actually some I don't know how to take that. Like I was thinking, like he actually it was kind of like a moment of holy shit, I'm free sort of deal. Uh, I think it was um, remorse. Yeah, in a very fucked up way because he's like it's not like i ever thought you were strong or cool or anything yeah that's i that's probably the I more likely right. <laughs> that was probably the more that's probably the more likely one i still was toying with the idea that it's like it might well, be a mix of both yeah sort of like a uh, jesse pinkman at the end of breaking bad sort of deal um i don't know but that whole fight and then how he how a uh, butcherati basically just punched a tire and made it explode underground and basically made him go deaf uh Seko go completely deaf that was really hard to watch actually just like how yeah. it, how he was just incoherent rambling like and then even Bucciarati says shut up this situ- this conversation isn't even coherent anymore <laughs> and then he goes into he uh he goes in the same trash as yeah. before well which, which i guess that points to that the sad, the fact that he was sad about it cuz when he finally sees him he's like oh Chocolata, you were here yeah but they're both going to the incinerator it looks like or i'm like. assuming they're probably just going to get crushed well, by the trash uh compactor yeah inside the trash well but truck. that's where it's leading to her, it's leading towards the um towards burnable garbage so uh, okay. <laughs> that's what it said on the um that's what it said on the trash car and, and like pretty much most of the time in jojo when you see a villain go off screen after they're beaten they're usually just gone forever yeah they're they are usually gone uh but somebody who's back and i wasn't entirely expecting Polnareff, yeah, the french boy himself which some people are not happy about because a lot of people think that he think say that he's their least favorite character from Stardust Crusaders. I loved Bolnaraf in Stardust Crusaders. He was so sassy and an asshole. I, yeah, I, I and I loved his interactions with Iggy. Yeah. <laughs> I I didn't have any major problems with Polnareff and I'm actually like, oh, that's actually kind of cool that they brought Polnareff back. It's like who else are they going to bring back? It's mm-hmm. like uh the other Stardust Crusaders are dead. I mean, or there's Jotaro, but he's off doing God knows what right now. And then there's Joseph, who's old and decrepit at this point. So who else are they going to bring back? Unless Iraqi decides, hey, I'm going to bring back Kakuin from the dead because reasons. But uh, yeah, Polnareff's now got two metal legs, a fake eye. I don't know what his arms I, I'm not sure. Like, but, he seemed to be able to be wheeling around in the wheelchair with his arms totally fine. But This is something that we don't know why this happened. Yeah, we don't know either. He came away from the final fight in Stardust Crusaders, like, relatively fine, So, right? it's, yeah, something has happened in between, like, the, I want to say it was 12 years in between Stardust Crusaders and now. Mm-hmm. I think it's been about 12 years. But, uh, but yeah, point being... Uh, yeah, something bad happened to Polnareff. We he's, don't know he's entirely. He's got the arrow. Yeah, he's got the arrow. Um, the other big thing is that Bucciarati looks like he's finally going to get killed by the boss. Yeah, his face is all melty. His body's all busted up. I don't see how he's going to come back from this. Because, like, I don't see how he can move around normally after this. And, yeah, the boss is right behind him. Or mm-hmm. rather, Doppio is right behind him. But uh, I thought it was interesting, like, how... Like, when you saw, like, uh, Dapio's face in the crowd, I was like, oh, shit, this, is, this isn't going to end well in the slightest, because then Seko tries to take him hostage, 
But then Bucciarati pulls a thing where it's like, oh yeah, I'm just going to like zip through the kid's chest, punch you, and make sure the kid isn't hurt at all. And even Doppio acknowledges, I didn't, even based on the prediction that I, I didn't even need to see the prediction I saw to know that that's what was going to happen. Yeah, because he knows who Bucciarati is. And exactly. And he wouldn't just hurt an innocent person. Yeah, exactly. And I think that, uh, that yeah, uh, we're going to finally find out what the boss's official name is next episode, judging mm-hmm. from the title card from the next one. This is the last core of this. Huh? I think this is the last core, yes. Yeah, so. Uh, I think it might carry over a little bit into summer, but more. Uh, oh, there's. Yeah, it'll carry over a little bit, like five or six episodes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, next up is uh, Joshi Kase. Um, uh, it's not a lot to talk about. It's I, funny. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think what what I've kind of realized about the show as I've continued watching it is it's sort of just like a series of like kind of isolated moments of childhood. That's pretty much what it is because we had a few like little things that people did when they were just probably young children but it's high school girls doing it like, like the drawing on the window yeah thing. like drawing on a foggy <laughs> like drawing on a foggy window or making shadow puppets or anything like that it just feels like yeah. a lot of things that are just from like a simpler time when you were children like like cuz who didn't draw on like a foggy window when they were a young child yeah so so progress report i think we said this uh in our mid-season review if you're not watching it and you like cute funny stuff yeah just three it's, minutes a week. it's 3 minutes of your yeah, time watch so it. Exactly. Uh, next up, Kono Ototomare. The, uh, I actually am glad that Kurata is becoming a character. Yeah, and the more I'm watching it, the more I'm thinking that him being a really boring side character was intentional in the beginning. Yeah. Uh, because he's... He's, he has, like, no confidence in the beginning. And he, and he's just trying not to stand out. The audience, pretty much, at, at least me... I cared about him as much as he cared about himself, pretty much. Mm. But as... It seems like as the the show goes on, the more he starts caring about himself, the more I'm caring about him as a character. Absolutely. That that totally makes sense to me. Like, And, and, and if that was the intention, it was a genius move throwing in Kudo so early, because Kudo was immediately interesting. Yeah, Kudo and Hozuki both were yeah, immediately interesting. Yeah, and it just gave me something to actually care about and be interested in every yeah week. and seeing like kurata kind of gradually like come out of his shell and like actually admit this is what i want this is like the person that i am like seeing like a uh seeing this character who has been basically kind of beaten down his, probably a good portion of his life by like people it's like oh you're playing the you're playing the koto huh <laughs> that's cute mm-hmm. it's like is it it's like why is a guy playing the koto it's not like i didn't have to deal with anything like that personally Fuck you, high school band. <laughs> hey, he's played the flute, right? Yeah, I played the yeah. flute. <laughs> There's nothing wrong in playing the very girly instrument that is the flute. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. But uh, but yeah, the the thing about that and just like seeing like seeing like his brother basically give him trouble. Like when I first saw it, I thought yeah, his brother was an asshole and his dad just didn't help because his dad didn't say or do anything in that moment. But then when he finally told his brother off. I thought it was a really rewarding experience when his dad basically said, "Well, you're the president of the of the uh, of the club. Why didn't you tell us?" Just he basically kind of revealing that he'd been wanting him to just kind of mm. look out for himself a little bit and it, learn to stand up for himself. I was surprised because it, I thought it was going to be a situation of just like shitty parents. Uh, yeah, his dad. I thought his dad was just going to be like somebody who was just absent, didn't care, maybe just kind of ignored his son, um, and his brother was just an open was just openly an a-hole but then uh 
But then, yeah, Kurata, Kurata's dad actually saying, I'm actually really happy for you. I'm really mm-hmm. proud of you. <laughs> it's kind of funny when, when he finally told off his brother and his mom's just kind of like, heh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Like, didn't even like tell him to, like, don't stop or don't fight. Yeah, yeah, don't, yeah, don't fight, boys. No, she just kind of, she just kind of laughed and even said, yeah, she was happy that he finally did that. It was, it was a rewarding moment. So, uh, Hero... I think her name is... Uh, yeah, Hero. Yeah. She sucks. I, I, I want to say sucked, but she still kind of sucks. Because, um, like, you can't ignore all the things she did. Like, obviously, she's on the road to being a good care, like a, a good person again. I th- Yeah, I think she's just... I think she's legitimately taking steps to redeem mm-hmm. herself. And she... I think it'll take... And I think that'll take time, sure. But I think, yeah, I think she's... You can't completely disregard the ter- shitty things she did before. But she's le- making a legitimate effort to try and be a better person, which I respect. Yeah, I really like Kurata's viewpoint of, like, just because someone does something shitty to you doesn't mean you should be shitty back to them. Like, mm-hmm. just think about what has happened in their life to lead them up to this point where they have to feel like they need to do that to you. Exactly. And I, I that's actually... A, that's such a, an admirable uh, viewpoint in life that's not really always the easiest to look at that oh, way. absolutely. It's much easier to just kind of retaliate. Mm-hmm. It, it is very much easier just to retaliate. Uh, the girls from, uh, I wanted to say Labellia Academy, but they're not Labellia Academy. <laughs> Labellia! <laughs> yeah, because that's what, it rem- that's what they remind me of. It just it's reminded Moron, me. right? Yes. Yeah. But I don't, Himizuka Academy is what, or yeah. is that the name of the girl? Girls Academy. It's a girls academy. Uh, yeah. Fuck those characters. Well, is it a girls academy? Yeah, that was it? an all girls academy. Mario is a was an academy that it was a joint practice section, and Mario was one of them. And oh, okay. Mario was a school that Kurata wanted to go into, That's right, but yeah. failed. Um, yeah, the the girls academy. I'm so glad that uh, Kudo told them off for those stupid prissy bitches they were. Yeah, Kudo <laughs> like, being Kudo, just like. Yeah, you think we don't know that we're not good enough for her? That's why we're trying to be better. Like, we don't pretend that we're something oh, that man. we're not. You get so many so many of those good blushes with Hozuki. Yeah. Hozuki. Cinderay blush. Yeah, I, I'm enjoying Kudo and, uh, and Hozuki's sort of relationship. I'm pretty sure they're doing a ship tease at this point. Uh, so I, earlier in the series, I kind of made a jab at the art style is kind of boring. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of, it was kind of like basic. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, but I think it's really growing on me because it feels very much like a manga. Yeah. Especially a lot of the times when they do like the smile. This showed us fantastic just like smile frames. Yeah. Where they'll pause on somebody and they have like this really genuine smile. Yeah, it's so pretty. Like they put so much detail. They put so much detail into making it look as pretty as possible. I, I think this... I might have to go back and check it again, but it definitely feels like this art style is kind of growing into its own. Or the art team's learning how to more make it look like the manga, maybe, or something like that? I don't yeah, know. who knows? Uh, I, I'm i really enjoying the series. I'm enjoying the character drama. I'm looking... F- I'm actually kind of surprised that the uh, that the advisor... Like, he seems like just kind of a, like, sort of a uh, don't bother me kind of asshole. But he actually seems like in, in a really fucked up way, he's actually trying to push them to, like, realizing... This isn't some game. This isn't some fairy tale. If you want to go to nationals, you're gonna need to work really, really hard. Yeah, he seems like a lot less of a prick than I thought he was in the beginning. Yeah, I thought he was just kind of a prick, but no, he 
I think he actually, he just wants them to realize that, yeah, look at the content. Look at reality. Yeah, look at the, uh, look at the people you're gonna be going up against. They are ridiculously talented, and it's gonna take a lot of work on your guys' part to even come close. Mm -hmm. And I think it capped off a really cool moment in, uh, the most recent episode when, uh, when everybody just, uh, said let's go to let's make first place at nationals on that uh, new sign they wrote together and then signed their mm -hmm. names on it it was sort of like a out with the old and with the new sort of situation and karata finally saying i we may not make it to nationals in fact there's a good chance we won't but there's nobody there's no group of people i don't want to try it with more than who's right here mm -hmm. i thought that was a really cool moment i'm looking forward to seeing how the series concludes uh, so next up is One Punch Man. Once again, a series that you <laughs> dropped. Uh, Please so, tell me how One Punch, One Punch Man has been. Uh, One Punch Man, I will say, getting some of the more getting some of the more obvious complaints out of the way. It's like some of the comedic timing has fallen kind of has fallen kind of flat in some places. Some of the action sequences have left a little bit to be desired. Like that's all been. This is that's all been repeated ad nauseum at this point. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, but, every week people are just like, it's not as good as the first season. Yeah, that yeah. So which I understand how it can be, how that can definitely be annoying for people who are still just trying to watch it, like and engage with people about the episodes. So here's my stance on the most recent episode. The most recent episode. Ouch! It was actually hard to watch. Not because it was, like, poorly animated or anything. I actually thought they kind of stepped up their game a little bit on the more recent fight scene. Is it as, is it as good as the first season? No. Is it as good as it probably could be? Probably not. But it looked... But it actually looked good. And the... I think more the emotional stakes is what they wanted to play up in this. Uh, and they did it really well. Because uh, you saw Suryu, right? Who? Suryu. He was a, one of the... One of the guys at the uh, martial arts tournament, like a, like kind of long, like kind of long. No, I didn't even start the martial arts tournament yet. Okay. So, <laughs> so basically, Sudoryu is a character who... Oh, you don't, you don't need to explain it to me. You, you just tell, uh, explain okay. how you felt about the episode. Okay. Talk to the audience. They care. So I liked, <laughs> so I liked his kind of a social Darwinistic uh, kind of approach he had, like how only the strong will really survive, stuff like that. And how that immediately was flipped on its head in the most recent episode, because... He went up against two dragon class monsters uh, who'd shown up and they beat the ever loving piss out of him. Like, and he immediately he said, I don't care about being the strongest anymore. I just want to live. And like how is and how like desperation and stuff will just lead a person's mindset Ugh. to change completely. It was really hard to watch. And him like desperately crying out like when he realized that he's going to die here. He cried out. Anybody out there, please help me. Like, just absolutely desperate. And, of course, Saitama... No, the one punch hasn't happened as far as I've seen. Ah. But Saitama shows up. And the funny thing about that is, in their fight uh, against Chironko, in heavy air <laughs> quotes, uh, Saitama, Saitama beat uh, Suryu. It actually was a pretty funny... was actually a pretty funny episode. Like, the comedic timing felt a little bit more on point and more like One Punch Man. But, uh, but what happened then is that, uh, Suryu was just thinking to himself, I never want to see that person again. I'm probably never going to have to see that person again. Ironically, that's going to be the person who saves his life. 
So it makes me wonder if it's sort of going to be like a rivalry situation, like between him and Sonic, or if it's going to be like a discipleship situation between him and Genos. I don't know, but I'm one thing I will say that uh, One Punch Man has always delivered on is, strangely enough, it's character drama. Character drama has usually been pretty on point, and for a show that has such an outlandish, ridiculous concept, it does character drama incredibly well. Uh, so. I wasn't expecting there also to be a society of monsters, like to rival the uh, the Hero Association. That is a plot point this, <laughs> this series, this season. Oh, yes. It's, it's not that surprising. It's kind of hilarious. And then Garo. Garo gets ready to fight Watchdog Man, which apparently that's going to be a, that's supposed to be a hilarious fight. I, I'm actually enjoying myself watching One Punch Man. I think that it, I think that it could be better, but at the same time, I'm not disappointed with it. Like, I'm having a fun time watching it. So, take that for what you will. So, next up, Rising of the Shield Hero. So, I think, first of all, we got to get out of the way the ending of the most recent episode. We did it. We're, we're the heroes. We It's a happy ending. <laughs> that, okay. Like, that was the schmaltziest fucking ending i think i'd seen to his to an episode that had had such build-up such dramatic tension such stakes and it ended in the most anticlimactic schmaltzy way humanly fucking possible yeah like i i did not like it i i loved loved the first half of the episode i absolutely adored it i thought that them building it up was was really good seeing just how uncomfortable it got at times like seeing mine getting tortured every time she lied yeah that was really hard hard to watch watch. like it it was so hard to watch because she kept on lying even though she knew it wasn't gonna work yeah she was just deny 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 and it just got it was just it was satisfying but it didn't feel like it should be like she was kind of getting her comeuppance but it's just like oh god this is actually really tough Mm -hmm. to watch like, I don't know if I should feel happy about this. That was a really interesting uh, inner turmoil that Nafumi was dealing with this this whole time. Of Like, I loved the nightmares where he was just thinking, or not really nightmares, like clairvoyance. Yeah. I think it was. Uh, of just him seeing, you know, her dying or whatever. And, and him thinking to himself, like, well, should I feel good about this? Like, obviously she deserves it, but... He's thinking, like, does that make him any better, I think? Yeah, and it's an, it was an interesting, tor- it was an interesting uh, inner turmoil, inner conflict. I, and I didn't, but I didn't like at all how it was really resolved. Like, when the queen was finally getting ready to lay down the guillotine, he, he stopped it, like, right in the middle, and then kind of just said, hey, let's just give them some juvenile nicknames that they'll be living by for the rest of their lives. Let's, it... It just felt, to me, it felt like there should have been more to it. It just felt like, oh, they're just, they are just going to basically no longer be considered royalty and have kind of juvenile names, but kind of one of my favorite examples of like, sort of like where if they're going to be alive, then the punishment for being alive should be even more brutal than just being dead. Like, I refer people to Dishonored for yeah. anybody who's played those games. Where more often than not, the non-lethal punishments were way more just ouch than yeah. Because because like how Nafumi says, like dying is the easy yeah is the easy way. Like they should be 
meant to do more stuff and i am assuming they're probably not gonna have their royal positions anymore yeah i don't even think they would want it at that point because uh what was like king shithead uh king trash and trash Tr- yeah <laughs> uh trash and bitch and her yeah. adventure name is gonna be slut yeah it's, it's like you really want to be that way uh, it, it I, just I, feel for me i mean once again just the nicknames feel really just like not a, enough of a punishment yeah they feel just kind of childish and petty more than like actually legitimately punishing like uh, i i really liked how nafumi handled that situation uh punishments aside i i i thought it was very in character how he comes down and you know starts mocking him and uh she kind of shows up in true nafumi asshole fashion yeah uh, of like uh surely these guys have to be you know put through some other stupid thing and and then he kind of calms down the mob in mm-hmm. a really uh, interesting way of he he pretty much got the mob on his side so instead of them being upset about the execution not happening, he was like, everyone's like, yeah, and started laughing. I thought that was pretty clever. Yeah, I guess. I mean, and I can kind of see, I agree with that. Like, I think that was handled pretty well. I still think the punishment and especially how they handled the queen, I just didn't particularly like it, like at all. Because the queen is just like, she basically is just like, oh no, I'm going to, I'm going to collapse to my knees. I'm going to collapse to my knees now after all that charade is over pretty much. It just like, why go, it just felt to me like, why go through such of a charade if you're not going to follow through with it on any meaningful account? That's the way that mm-hmm. I personally viewed this whole situation. That's I would have been. That's the problem the show's had. Yeah. Uh, throughout the series so far of not having really consequences for anything. Yeah. Uh, well, Kind of, well, there has been consequences for the actions of the other heroes. Yeah. But Nafumi dealt with them, and then, who cares, nothing really happened after that. Yeah. Like, the the curse, it doesn't really do anything. Okay. Like, um, what, the, Philia? The, uh, Fitoria. Fitoria. She keeps saying that, oh, it's this bad thing that's terrible, and you should never use it, because bad things will happen. But, uh, both times the, the curse have happened, uh, like, when it's affected other people, they just got rid of it. Yeah. The... The thing that I've said, like, when the Raid Shield was first introduced, was it should be kind of more like the symbiote, or specifically the Venom symbiote in uh, the Spider-Man comics. Like, how it kind of gradually changes his mindset, kind of makes him start thinking more brutally, start acting more violently, start doing things that are just kind of colder and more cruel. But uh, other, like, and even if, like, that kind of, uh, that sort of, like, that sort of like thinking had kind of pervaded his consciousness a little bit more while he was kind of struggling over it. Like him actually thinking how actually satisfying it might be to watch their heads roll or something like that. Even just something think, even things like that might be kind of satisfying, but it just ended with, Oh, everyone's happy in the end, pretty much like Malty's happy. Malty's happy. The queen's happy. The, the king and the king and mine are alive and are probably gonna do more shitty things in the future probably (laughs) like let's be real how could you give us that name yeah yeah just it just feels incredibly unsatisfying and it felt for a moment that should have been probably the most satisfying thing in this entire series it is one of the least satisfying to me anyway Mm -hmm. yeah I, i think a better a better part of this recent arc it was when Naofumi was telling off all the other heroes. Oh, that was so good. That was really satisfying to like, see. Just, just yeah. telling them how stupid they've been through this whole situation. I 
I like, and I liked how he kind of realized as well, like how he didn't really do much to actually defend himself or actually, or anything like that either. I think that he also kind of realized that he just kind of went with the flow. And I think that he kind of liked him just kind of saying, look, I don't like you guys. I'm willing to work with you though. For mm-hmm. like just Until kind the of waves are done. Yeah. At least, at least kind of putting aside their differences and just being willing to like, and being willing to just say, you know what, let's work through this together because like, it's the only way we're actually going to get through this. And it's a good thing he did so because it boiled down to pretty much uh, all the other three heroes being like, no, it's your fault. No, it's your fault. No, it's your fault. It's, like it's all, all your fault. Each other. It's like kids, you're all equally terrible. Yeah. Uh, and then there was the blood sacrifice curse oh, that looked so cool. That was also the the raid shield in the situation. I think was a lot more interesting than it was the first time because uh, not only we do do we know the characters a lot more, so we care about like their impacts on Nafumi, but uh, the visualization of it was a lot better. Just him being in that kind of like that, space with yeah, all the screens around him. Yeah, that sort of dark, kind of dark mm. room and then the dragon's voice talking to him. I, I like the dragon's personality of it's trying, it's saying all these things to kind of bump his up ego. his ego and make him feel like, oh, you're so strong, you're it's like, so oh, it's like, angry. Yes, give in to that power. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and just it's the, very Emperor Palpatine. Yeah. <laughs> Use your anger. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, but the, the animation of uh, when you see him charging up all the, uh, this huge big attack and just poof, blood shoots out everywhere, uh, that was so, and then the music just cuts out. That was just such a good like. It was like a, such a jarring moment. Yeah, just, like, oh, oh shit, that's like, a lot of blood. It's like oh, <laughs> that's bad. Um, so yeah, that and that whole situation. And I know I said it already, but like figuring out oh the church was the ultimate evil all along. It's surprise, like, surprise, surprise, surprise. And now the four heroes church is going to exist where everybody worships the, uh, where everybody worships the heroes equally, or you know what? Don't worship the heroes because hero worships a bad thing, yeah. but respect them, but don't worship them. Just whatever. I think that it, I like this series has kind of had like sort of, I wouldn't necessarily say, like, peaks and valleys. It's been kind of more like hills and dips. Like, I don't think the show... I think the show is good, but I don't think it's ever been, like, great or amazing. And it's never had, like, an episode that has made that has made me absolutely despise it. So, mm-hmm. I mean, with the, with the ending of the most recent episode aside, because I think that the way that that was just, like... Really, we're just gonna go yeah. this schmaltzy of a route. It's Fine. still good. It's still good. <laughs> that acts exactly. It's good. I don't think it's anything great, and it's not amazing. It's not a masterpiece. It's just a good series, and I'm looking forward to seeing how it ends. So next up is Soto's on my. It was nice to see an episode where they didn't have the fucking dances. Yeah, <laughs> like I was actually because the first after the after. The episode where everything went wrong, like Kazuki, like Haruka figured out that Kazuki was uh, cross-dressing as Sarah the whole time, all that, all that shit, and they're basically just trapped as Kappa now. Basically, them the whole time, basically just trying to figure out how to save Haruka while still being pathetic, shitty little Kappa creatures, like not no zombies or anything to fight. Well, there was a lot of uncomfortable denial 
Yeah. That um, Kazuki was going through. And like, ah, Cap is, being a Cap is great. I never have to go and deal with all that shit I just did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was super uncomfortable mm-hmm. to watch. Um, and seeing, like, how they all ended up working together. And actually seeing, like, uh, like you can save you can save your brother's life. You just basically have to give up your Shurikodama forever and basically no longer be connected to anything. As far as I can tell, that just basically means... You won't exist, ever. You'll, mm-hmm. Or actually, no, that's exactly what it was. Yeah, because every time they removed the Shirokodama, they just got wiped from existence. Yeah, there, it's basically just, you are, now an, you are now a person who just never existed in anybody's minds, ever. Like, you're, like, they'll be able to walk, like, Haruko will be able to walk, he'll be able to live a normal life. You'll just have never been a part of it, ever. Mm-hmm. You'll have never been a part of anyone's life. And the fact that Kazuki was about to go through with it, was that was super uncomfortable and it kind of made me think that uh there's something more to Kepi than we're than we're has been let on i think make that... a contract with me and become a magical kappa thank you <laughs> I, am i i'm not the only one who sees that right it's yeah. so it, like i i legitimately think that he uh, doesn't care about anything at the end of the day as long as he's getting the shurukodama exactly well I, I, and we kind of got a little bit more into that with like the whole otter kappa war yeah and the fact that there is a quote-unquote dark kepi which that'd be an awfully convenient excuse of it's like oh no kepi's just evil but there's a dark it's like Oh, there's a dark Kepi, actually. That wasn't me. That was mm-hmm. my uh, that was my evil twin kind of situation. And he consider- has a goatee. And considering uh, considering Sarah is just kind of seems like a ditzy little minion girl who's just kind of going along with whatever Kepi's saying, it makes some degree of sense. I don't think she's for one thing. I don't think she's human, and I think she was intentionally created to be the way she is. I noticed something interesting. Anytime she does one of her announcements and like the special object that shows up, that always is the object that gets uh, taken away by the Kappa zombies. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So balls. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> the and then the, one of the more recent uh, one of the more recent bits, like figuring out that it was uh, that Kuji actually like met Kazuki when he was very young, and he was the reason why I'm. Uh, why Kuji wanted to play football so much? Kuji's brother sucks. Kuji's brother, yeah, he is. He like, I, there's that small hint of I'm I want to protect my brother, but God, most of it's just like I'm just gonna use him. I'm gonna drag him through all these shitty situations. I'm gonna like... basically get him to do like he like he is doing all this stuff for my sake. It okay like he's i never asked him to do any of this stuff but i'm not gonna stop him from exactly he should have just been like no don't follow me i need to go uh, you know deal with the situation on my own yeah exactly and, and then just letting him give up all the stuff that makes him happy yeah it it's sort of uh it is kind of an interesting uh dynamic or parallel between uh kuji's obsession with kuji's obsession with his older brother and then enta's obsession with kazuki because i think that Enta does have a bit of an unhealthy obsession with Kazuki. I I think I made that clear in a few, uh, like they made oh, that yeah, clear a does. few episodes ago, especially recently with yeah. the whole stealing the dishes thing. Oh god, just because he's jealous. Yeah, that was that was bad. I didn't like that at all. Like, and then I to be fair, I didn't like how Kazuki handled it either. I think that Kazuki saying, "Oh, I'm not going to talk to him," just basically, I'm going to completely like I'm going to completely ignore him, not going to give him any chance to explain nothing of that nature whatsoever. I think that was kind of immature of him to how to go about it. Plus, 
he never gave Enta an opportunity to actually say how he felt about him, and so he could properly let him down. You know, yeah, it's 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 a lot of kids being kids. Exactly, it's, it's hard to it's hard to process all those emotions when you're not really sure what to do with them. Exactly. No, I agree. Like, and I think that's what the show has been doing so well with the um, with their character drama and it's sort of youth drama, pretty much. Exactly. Um, but then we also. We're starting to figure out more about the Otter Empire and how scary. I never actually thought I would be using the term Otter Empire and <laughs> scary. Ever. Yeah, the, the I forget. I don't know. I remember the uh, cops Rayo names. and Mabu. Rayo, yeah, Rayo seems like he's going through like a genuinely shitty situation. His, because his partner, yeah, has been kind re- of rebuilt. Yeah, recreated, and the only thing that is keeping him alive is basically Rayo doing, having to do these shitty things. Yeah, so he's kind of just trapped. Yeah, he's kind of trapped, and then Mabu is kind of just trapped in the situation as well, because he's a machine that has been built specifically for this purpose. And so basically, like, I think that uh, Kepi or Dark Kepi or whoever is behind this i think that once the five dishes are collected that's actually what's going to summon the uh, mon- the monster otter thing from the intro the thing that basically destroyed the uh the kappa kingdom mm, yeah. like because i think because i've noticed anytime there's like anytime there's a situation where there's a uh there's a cute little a seemingly cute mascot character or something convincing people to collect a bunch of different things or do a incredibly specific task it's almost always a setup like it, it just seems to more often than not in some of the games movies uh tv shows i've seen it's it's a setup yeah, usually probably so i imagine that the five like them trying to collect the five dishes is also a setup and the first dish they got was basically just to say yeah this this di- these dishes can literally do anything so you're gonna want to get them kids mm-hmm. it basically like kepi is that creepy is that guy in like a rickety old van with a free candy that says hey kids you want this you all want some cucumbers <laughs> exactly I, I i still have to pretty much fast forward through every repeat scene because i just like i don't care i don't want to watch this again yeah it's, i'm so torn because on on one hand it's a really good character drama uh, it was some funny bits. On the other hand, there's so much recycled frames. Like, like part of me wants to. Part of me is curious if uh, if there actually is stuff that you'd actually have to like, kind of really pay attention. Like, if that and notice that and notice kind of like subtle changes and stuff each time. But I don't that's, know. That'd be a bad idea. Yeah, I think maybe it's it's like the endless eight. Yeah. It's like, hey, look, we made slight dif- differences. Don't you want to watch to see? No, I don't. I don't want to watch the same episode eight times in a row. <laughs> I have much better things to do with my life. Oh, yeah. And then at the end of the most recent episode, Enta's fucking dead, as far as I can tell. Yeah, I never thought about that because, like, whenever they shot somebody with the desire gun, they turned into the Kappa zombies or not Kappa zombies. Yeah, the Kappa zombies. So, like, I thought they just kind of. It was like Persona, yeah. Seeing them in the head, it didn't really. There wasn't actually a bullet. There was actually like a hole mm-hmm. in his head. Yeah, I was like, oh, maybe it is an actual gun. Uh, and then there's also the the guy they shot in the street that was going to be an issue. So apparently, yeah, it is an actual gun. And yeah. then they also have mind control badges that are just making them say, they "Just flick on him." <laughs> yeah, just. <boop. laughs> I've got skills. 
Uh, so yeah, Enta's probably dead, and if the end credit sequence is anything to be believed, um, maybe he's just going to be dead for the rest of the series. Or is a cap a zombie? Yeah, like, because it looks like there's only... Because at the end sequence, there's only two shadows, not three, so... Yeah, I remember some, someone pointed that out, and it's really, really clever. It yeah. knows that. Yeah, it, it is very clever. Next up, Senryu Girl. This show, uh, it it's so, like, tropey, mm -hmm. but I'm not upset about it. One, because of how short it is. And, yeah, it's true, yeah. Like, and I think that uh, they're able to kind of, uh, like, you're able to kind of forgive it because they don't, they give you, like, kind of just the ideas and general, like, kind of general tropes without all the ridiculous padding and just say, there, there's not as much pretense to it. It knows what it is and it has no problem showing it. Uh, like, uh, for example, we, we always have Nanako and Eiji just, oh, they happen to meet up. Like, that's happening multiple times throughout the series, but it's like every time it's just like, uh, ah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, just, it's just like, oh, whatever. Mostly because I just love seeing them interact with each other. Yeah. And like, Nanako's I, super adorable. Yeah, no, I think, I think it's because of, like, the characters and just the way it's written. Like, the characters' interactions and just is makes you forgive kind of... The sort of tropes that the show resorts to, pretty much. I think that that's kind of the main thing, is just seeing the characters interact and seeing how fucking adorable they are. Like, every other character in the show is a really cute girl. Yeah, um, and then there's Nanako's dad. Nanako's dad, <laughs> who is probably the best character in the show. The biggest drama queen. He he is. I, I love every second he's on screen, though, because it's just so goddamn funny. He's like, such a dad. Yeah. Like, just, I don't want my daughter to date anyone. Yeah, and then, uh, like, the infamous meet, like, kind of the dreaded, oh, you have to meet your uh, girlfriend's dad scene. Like, and just, like, he's all, like, looking like a fucking Yakuza boss. It's like, so, what What kind of relationship do you have yeah. with my daughter? And then, C, <laughs> not realizing, like, how that could be taken. And then him freaking out, getting ready to jump over the table, and uh, Nanako's mom and Nanako having to hold him back. Yeah, it's just it's just such a wholesome, fun, adorable show continues yeah. to be. And then, uh, like, and it even had the obligatory uh, swimsuit episode, and it didn't really go, like, too overboard with it. Like, they kind of hinted at it. Like, it's like, look at this, like, piece of string, pretty yeah. much, that you could be wearing. <laughs> um, but, no. Uh, I like Nanako's reaction of, like, oh, you, you can look a little bit. Mm. <laughs> like, you don't have to look completely away. <laughs> it's just so honest. Yeah, it it was super cute. Um, and of course they had to set it up. It's like, oh, he had other plan. He had other plans. I was like, watch as he shows up at the yeah. pool <laughs> in five, four, three, two, one. There he is. Yeah. Like I wonder, just. Uh, I wonder where what his other plans are. Yeah. So like, is he gonna be swimming at the pool? Maybe he's uh. Maybe he's going on vacation and none nothing's gonna happen. It's gonna be a boring episode. <laughs> no kidding, right? So, uh, last up is uh, Yatogami-chan uh, Observation Diary. Yeah, this is just another kind of cute, innocent, it, like, three minutes of your time. It like. has so many, like, uh, croppable pictures. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. In a series, just uh, different um, 
Yatogami chan reactions. Yeah, exactly. Uh, for being angry and blah blah blah. <laughs> She's blah. basically a cat. That's yeah. what I mean, they even acknowledge that, like in like the description of the show, with her cat-like appearance and just the way she acts. Mm-hmm. She she's basically a a human cat girl. It, but... It's still funny. It's still adorable. Same same uh place as Joshi Kasai, really. Yeah, exactly. I kind of think that it's. Uh, I think that it has like a. I think in the most recent uh, bit, though, it was, like, kind of interesting seeing an episode where it actually continued the events of the previous episode, though. Like, mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting a two-parter in a show like yeah, this. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> because it's like, oh, okay, this is actually a two-part series, um, or a two-part episode bit. Huh, that's interesting. And then, of course, Gene realizing what an idiot he is when he realizes, oh, all right, I bought a camera that didn't have a lens. How the fuck do you do that? Like, what camera doesn't have a lens when you buy it? Uh, he seems kind of like a space cadet anyways. Maybe. He's he's definitely just kind of off, like, sort of author audience insert bait. Uh, but I always enjoy seeing, like, the different things about um, about the Nagoya prefecture. Yeah, all the real stuff. Yeah. yeah I'll admit it's got me genuinely interested. Yeah, exactly. And, like, how, uh, and I like the little bit of exchange between the two of them where she's, uh, where she's talking about, uh, Crap, I don't remember the name of the little market uh, place, but it basically a uh, gene basically compared it to Akiba, <laughs> and that's basically what it was. It was just the Nagoya version of Akiba, and she's and just so like, defensive. "No, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> this is nothing like Akiba. It's exactly like Akiba." <laughs> I, I, I'm curious to see, like, just tourism numbers. Yeah, <laughs> uh, like after they really, because that was the point of the show. Yeah, they, they to... made the show to get more people interested in yeah, the same... up a little bit of tourism. Yeah, the same way that Sweetness and Lightning was trying to convince people to yeah. have children, or the uh... and laid back campus convincing people to go camping. Yeah, to go outside and get a life and not watch yeah. anime. <laughs> but nah, that this show is it's harmless, good, adorable fun. That's yeah. what it is at the end of the day. So yeah, that's uh, that's all we're talking about for this week of uh, all the stuff that's been going on. We're winding down to the end of the season. And, uh, yeah, eventually we're going to put out our review of the entire season and the endings of everything that has an ending anyways. Yeah. Some of the things that will be kind of continuing on into the next, uh, into the next core or, or even the next, uh, season really, mm-hmm. that's going to be... Oh, also a preview soon. Oh yes, we will be doing a preview. We, I'm, there is at least one show that I'm incredibly excited for and that's all, the trailer has already been dropped for. Dr. Stone? Yeah, Dr. Yeah. Stone. Dr. Stone and Fire Force is the main two. Oh uh, yes, Dr. Stone and Fire I'm Force. I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to both of those. We'll be looking more into. Um, we'll be looking more into what seems the most interesting, mm-hmm. and we'll be uh, we'll be breaking those down here in our uh, summer 2019 season preview. Yeah, so uh, look forward to that. Look forward to our normal schedule coming back for the most part. Just less shows every week to talk yep. about. <laughs> so until then, take care of yourselves, everybody. Anchor away. Bye. <laughs>